You know, last week I talked about attitude, and, and I'm going to talk just a, a little bit here on attitude as well. And, and I told you that Webster defines attitude as this, a manner or disposition, a feeling, a position with regard to a person or a thing or a circumstance, a tendency or orientation, especially of the mind. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to take captive every thought, every thought that exalts itself above the Lord, above the name of the Lord, above the promises of the Lord, of the things of the Lord, that we are to take, take it captive. And we're to do this because we are in a fight. I don't care how big of a lover you are or, or how, how if you're from Switzerland and, you're, and you, you know, who kind of stays out of fights or, or, you know, if there's any, it doesn't matter. You're in a fight because there's an enemy that wants you dead and that wants you destroyed. And so when it says we're to take every thought captive, you know, our mind, there's a battlefield taking place up here. And so last week I, I read from Philippians 4.8 and it's wonderful, but it says that we have to set our minds on things that are true and honorable and lovely and praiseworthy and excellent. There's eight things there, but guys, if we look around, there's so many more things to, to, to look at and say, oh, that's good. And we have to do that because sometimes life is hard. Sometimes life is challenging and difficult and what we choose to dwell on, hear me, what we choose to dwell on will determine the outcome of, of that fight we're in at that moment. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the whole war. I'm talking about battle by battle by battle. And we're going to set our things on, our minds on the things of the Lord. And today I want to talk about the attitude of Perseverance. So what is perseverance? It's a steady persistence in a course of action, especially despite difficulties or challenges or anything that's that's thrown our way. There wouldn't be a need for persistence if it wasn't for the obstacles or the challenges or the difficulties. When I talk about the attitude of perseverance, I'm talking about this, the power to finish. The power to finish. I don't want to sound too harsh. There's a lot of people that started, so starting things means very little. Are you able to finish? Are you able to persevere? Are we able to stay the course? Are are we able to stay in the fight? Are we able to keep getting back up in the fight? Love Cool Hand Luke. He keeps getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. And that clown just keeps getting up and getting up. And they're pleading with him, stay down, Luke. Stay down. But we don't stay down. We get up and we get up and we get up and we stay in the race. And it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we stumble and we fall back and we get up. And we feel tired and we're exhausted and we get up and we stay in the case. And we feel like we can't run so we walk. Maybe even we crawl. And then we pause. And then we catch our wind. And then maybe it's just one step. Because that's all we have the strength for. But that one step is a step of faith and it shows that we're still in the fight. Zechariah 4.6 says this. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might... Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 
When I'm talking about a power to finish, I'm, I want you to know there has to be agreement in your life with God's plan. There has to be cooperation, but it is not your might. It is not your strength. It is not the resolve of your will that gets it done. It's the spirit of the Lord. But there has to be agreement. There has to be agreement. There has to be invitation. There has to be yielding to the Lord. Your will can't do it just like your strength can't do it. And your plan can't do it. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I want to give you guys an example of endurance. I want to give you an example about the power to finish through a man named Stephen or John Stephen Aquari. So in the summer of 1968, um, the world, as it happens every four years, um, was moved with Olympic fever. And it was the Mexico City Olympics that Number took one place in, the in 1968. And um, as is every four years, the Olympic marathon is one of the biggest events in the Olympics because of the, the heritage and the history of it. So there were thousands in Olympic Stadium watching that race and, and the, the Olympic Marathon would finish in the stadium but it began in the streets of Mexico City. Millions watching on TV and as it was watched in the Olympic coverages, you know, you don't sit there and watch you know, a marathon from start to finish um, it, it catches, you know would pipe into well, other, other events and other games and give you updates and, and as the race you know, kind of was taking shape and it kind of became about that three-quarter over mark. Um, it became clear that the Ethiopian runner was going to win. And then it really became a battle for the Japanese runner and the runner from New Zealand. And, and that was just a, an intense battle. And so sure enough, the runner from Ethiopia, he crosses the finish line and he's, he, man, the stride he has as he finishes and as he enters a full stadium... A full stadium. He's got a strong stride. And he breaks the finish line with his hands. And he, and he runs and he takes a victory lap. I mean, he's not ready to collapse. He's running around and waving and picks up a hat. And someone runs from the crowd and kisses him. And, you know, and, and he didn't know it was kind of, is it going to attack him? But he'll just kiss. Like, I'm proud of you. And he's running around waving his hat. And then here comes the, the Japanese runner for the silver. Here comes the, the runner from New Zealand for the bronze. And they wait a while because then other runners start trickling in. And then they have the medal ceremony. And the medal ceremony, they play the the Ethiopian national anthem. And these three men stand up there and... There are four athletes in the Tanzanian delegation. They're rewarded. But the race wasn't over. Not for John Stephen Ekwari. You see, he was from Tanzania. Tanzania is a small country in Africa, and and just as the United the Olympics for the United States, um, it's you know there there could be hundreds of athletes representing the United States. See, for Tanzania there were four, there were four athletes that represented their country, and he was one of them. And he had fallen early in the race, and he had hurt himself, and then when he was what nursing these men the knee. Tribe? Then all what of a sudden, strength, the, the, his other pride. body parts are overcompensating, so he's so cramping, much. and he's dehydrated, and he's exhausted. Of course, and, what we call 
And a news you know, the news team, the, the media team capture him and they follow him. And they record him. And he runs past the lights of the Olympic Stadium. And the, the stadium is emptied. It's about a quarter full from what it was. And he starts running. But then he can't make it. So then he walks. And then he looks and he walks some more. And then he gets to a ramp. And he sees the ramp heading down. And he knows he physically can't run down that ramp. He would fall. He knows his limitations. And right now he doesn't have the strength to run down. So he limps down the ramp. He gets to the end of the ramp. And you see him gather himself. And he starts running. And you have to run basically around one more time to get to the finish line. And that's exactly what he does. And the crowd is amazed. The, the few that remained were amazed. And first they stand in awe. But then they stand and start cheering in, in encouragement and inspiration and respect and honor. And this man crosses the finish line. A reporter comes up to him soon thereafter. And he says, don't you know that many men, once they knew the race was over, they bowed out? They quit the race? Don't you know that, that it was well over an hour ago that they had the medal ceremony? Much less when the other winning runners came through. Other men quit. Why did you not quit? Why did you not give up? What was it that made you continue? And he looked at the reporter and he said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. My country sent me to Mexico City to finish the race. Friends, God didn't call us here just to start the race. He called us here to finish the race. He called us here to finish the race. And to finish the race, we have to grow to a place of utter dependence on God. Not by might. Not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Your story's not over. This chapter's not over. But for for your story to have a triumphant conclusion. You will need the strength of the Lord. You will need the spirit of the Lord. You will need the might of the Lord. And your strength and your might and your triumphant spirit will not be enough. And see, we can't run this race for the crowd. We can't run this race for the full stadium. We can't run this race for men's adoration. We run this race because of our love of an incredible God. What do you do when a fence knocks you to the ground and jacks up your knee? What do you do when that feeling of abandonment cramps you up where that you can no longer hit the stride you were at? What do you do when dis disappointment or hurt or betrayal or bankruptcy or cancer or eviction are thrown in front of your path? 
What do you do when you feel like quitting? What do you do when you don't have the strength to go on? Friends, we're called to finish. And we can only finish by calling upon the name of Jesus. Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. In Acts 20, 20 through 24, we see the apostle Paul. He's been warned about going to Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, his, his friends have pleaded with him, don't go, don't go. But Paul had something that most people didn't. He had the power to finish. He had an attitude of perseverance. Acts 20, 20 through 24 says this. Paul says, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction awaits me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I might finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul was unshakable in his quest to be a finisher. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, he says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run so that you may obtain it, that prize. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. How many of us is it our heart's desire to echo the same words of Paul that he spoke in 2 Timothy when in verse 4 he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He says, laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. Finishing matters. Finishing matters. I know represented in this room, every one of us are at a different place in that race. We're at a different level of strength and stride. Some of us, man, we are just Usain Bolt in that mug and we're just flying and we're just at full stride. But for that Bolt who's flying, there's a tough spot around the corner. What are we going to do when we hit that tough spot? We're going to look to strength, to self, or to the Spirit of God. John 4.34 Jesus says something. Jesus, the ultimate finisher, says this. He says, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. My food, what nourishes me, what drives me, what strengthens me, what strengthens me is to, is to finish, 
is to do the work of my Father, is to finish. John 17, 4, Jesus says, He's talking to the Father. He's talking in prayer. This is right before His betrayal and His arrest and His assassination. And in John 17, 4, He says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished, having finished the work that you gave me to do. Anybody remember? Anyone remember the last words of Jesus on the cross? It is finished. Here's the good news of this message, guys. The Holy Spirit gives us this ridiculous finishing power. If we will, if we will just envelop ourselves in Christ Jesus. It's not of our own strength. This doesn't, this shouldn't be a message where we feel weary. Thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not up to the task. You're right, and neither am I. Gosh, I'm so far from it. But what I am is lost and found in Jesus Christ because I know He is the finisher of my faith. He is the completer of this work He's begun. He finishes the story because He's the author, the author who lets me walk in His authority. Not by bites. Not by power, not by strength, not by determination, not by training, not by equipping, not by calling, not by faithfulness, not by fruitfulness, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now see, God is asking for a people who will who will agree with him, who will cooperate with him, that will say yes to his plan. He's looking for people that will say, here I am, Lord, send me. He, he, he's asking for that invitation. And then we run the race, guys. We run the race. And when we fall and we get up. And we blow it, we get up. And when we embarrass ourselves, we get up. And And... We stay in the race and we keep our eyes set on Jesus. Every day in prayer should start the same way for us. And it should start with acknowledging the goodness of our God and reminding ourselves of just how awesome He is. Commitment matters. That's what that agreement is, guys. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to Jesus. It's yes, Lord, I make you... I make you Savior. Thank you for saving me. But I make you Lord. Here's the wheel. Here's the keys. Here's, here's, the re- here's it all, Lord. I give you everything. You're Lord. You have your way. That's agreement. That's commitment. Perseverance never accomplished anything without commitment. Man, if you... Did you see that video of that guy? Did you see the, the times he stopped... And couldn't go on, but he was committed to finishing. And it was a noble cause, mind you, a noble cause for the sake of his country, to represent his country. It's noble. But friends, we get to represent Jesus Christ. We bear his name. We don't just have the name of a country on our chest. We have the name of Jesus across our heart. 
And we bear the name of Christ. And we run the race for Him. Not for our own success or our own doing or our own glory, but for the name of Jesus that He might be exalted. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. His power is made perfect in weakness. How awesome is that? We don't have to despise weakness. His power is made perfect in weakness. So you can actually be be really comfortable in the midst of weakness, knowing that his power is made perfect in that place. Therefore, I will boast all the more, all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, I am content with insults, I am content with hardships, I am content with persecutions, and I am content with calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Guys, our God is so amazing. Let's be a people who finish strong. Let's be a people who who will stay in the race and not quit and not bow out and not give up and not find excuses and not be distracted. But we'll stay in the race. God's looking for us. God's looking for the for some people that will do exactly that, that will stay the course and say, Lord, I, I remain in your presence. You're going to carry me through this. Lord, I know this is super difficult right now, but you're going to carry me through. Lord, I know I don't quite have enough, but you're going to provide because you're bigger than this and you're my provider. Lord, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and, and, and I still haven't seen that thing, but Lord, I'm going to pray and pray and pray because what else am I going to do? Where else will I go? You're the only one who brings life. And not just that, friends. We then take this message and we encourage others with it because it's not just us who need to be strengthened to stay in the race. It's others too. It's a neighbor. It's a family member. It's a friend. It's a parent. It's somebody. And so we're going to be bearers of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to share that good news and encourage people with the same message. Hey, you're such a champ. You've given it such a great effort, but your strength won't carry you through. Only the Spirit of God will. Amen. Lord, we set our eyes on you, the finisher of our faith, the author of our faith. You started it. Lord, the, the, the first moment, Lord, that you put, Lord, pen to the paper of our hearts and began writing the story of who we are. Lord, you had a plan and a purpose for us. Lord, you had blessing and goodness and strength and life for us. You had calling and inclusion available to us if we would trust in Jesus Christ. If we would place our trust and believe in your son that he was the way to you, Father. I believe that today, Lord. We believe that today. And just as we believe that, we believe that you are the one who gives us finishing power, the power to finish every difficult thing, Lord, that there is nothing, Lord, that's bigger than you, 
There's nothing that intimidates you. There's nothing that scares you. In fact, quite the opposite. Demons shudder at the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray for every person in this place. Lord, just strength for wherever they are in the race. For wherever they are, Lord God, in, in right now. Lord, I especially, Lord, lift up those that are just at a really, at a place of just wanting to quit or wanting to give up in something. Lord, I pray for your endurance. That, that attitude of endurance, Lord, to permeate their spirit as you rise up, Lord, within them. Lord, I just proclaim endurance. I just speak it. Lord, I pray for your grace and your joy and your peace to be defining traits of, of every difficult season, especially the ones that people may be in right now, Lord God. The things that seem bigger than us. We say, Lord, let your grace and your mercy define this season, Lord. Not this difficulty. Not this difficulty. Not this setback. Not this failure or this stumble, but your grace, your mercy, your love, your power, your spirit. In Jesus' name.